Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne, I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing from Monique, who spoke about reparenting. Please enjoy. Monique, ACA. Hi, Monique. Hi. Um, I was like, uh, like, sorry my life, like getting somewhere just on time or like, you know, or a little late. But I got here a little bit earlier and I was like, what am I gonna speak about? And I, I was outside with two friends and I was like, love and parent, and I opened the book and it was, like went right to it, so higher power. But um, yeah, lately, especially in the pandemic, I like had to learn what that meant because my mom wasn't really the most soft or emotionally available parent, you know? She like did what she needed to do on paper and reminded us that but there's no like emotion connected to it. Um, but that was a different experience with my sisters and brothers. So I'm the oldest of uh, four. My mom had um, me and my sister. She had me when she was, I think, 18. And to fix the relationship with my dad. And my dad, I think, was like a year or two older. And he got into, uh, well, so short, he like had, a, they, they called him Eddie Fingers because he literally had no fingers on one hand. Through a lawsuit, um, he got all this money, and it was a, a childhood accident. So they played house right away and, you know, um, had a house, money, and then my dad started to hang out with the neighborhood drug dealer. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, by the way, so this was all, like, in Sunset Park. Just to point out, my dad is Puerto Rican, and my mom is Ecuadorian and German. I'm going to rest on, I love doing show and tell, so I'm going to pass around some pictures in a bit. Uh, I love it. I love when people show pictures, so you can really, really see like what went down. Um, and then, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later, because I would like, I didn't want to like cry right away, because I like saw, whatever, I'll, I'll go through that. But, so anyway, so I'm going to read a little bit, just a little bit, because uh, then I'll get like lost in this, but it is, if anyone wants to go read along. It's on page uh, 296, uh, Becoming Your Own Loving Parent. Many adult children can be lukewarm to the notion of a loving parent who lives inside of them and who is thoughtful and affirming. They can more easily identify with a critical parent who is harsh or who produces cons uh, consistent self-doubt from within. Many of us can accept the idea of an inner critical parent but balk at the notion of a loving one, which was me, Reparent ourselves in a loving manner is not as unique as it sounds. Most of us were forced to parent ourselves as children, which I will pass a picture of me and my little sister around. Uh, I was a co-parent. Our parents or relatives were not available. They were, not, they were often not present with emotion or care. When they were present, they were not attentive. In their absence, we parented ourselves in a caring manner. As children, we met our own needs by preparing our own meals or doing housework. Some of us saved our own um, money and bought school supplies or a small gifts for ourselves or a sibling. We knew our parents would forget or would um, trivialize uh, birthdays or holidays. In some cases, we parented a brother or sister with more care than our dysfunctional parents had to offer. 
We readied a sibling for school, reviewed homework, bought food, read to a brother or sister at night. Even if we were not always kind to a brother or sister, we can still see moments when we cared for them or were concerned about them. In some homes, we were provided with all we needed and told often that we were loved. However, our parents were adult children themselves, out of touch with feelings and true intimacy. We seemed to have everything we needed, but we faced unreasonable expectations and cutting criticism. We were forced to parent ourselves into perfectionism to win family approval, and we parented ourselves to make perfect grades and to appear self-sufficient and independent. And the last paragraph I'll read, if we were violent or self-destructive as children, we can still see moments when we hoped for or believed in an affectionate care. As adults, we ask ourselves how a loving parent would care for a neglected child. We can do these caring things for ourselves. So I'll just end there. But um, why I picked this too, because today, like, I mean, almost every day, I'm just noticing, like, what would the loving parent do? Because lately I've been noticing, like, a lot of my reactions are the inner. First of all, I, I didn't, <laughs> I really got used to saying inner child maybe this past year. I have about four and a half years. I keep saying I have four and a half years. I probably have more. I don't even know. But um, it took me a while. It took me, I think, like two and a half, three years to even say inner child. And I thought it was so weird and awkward and love and parent. Like anything that was just um, uh, intimacy, true intimacy. And so my first um, meeting, it was accidental. And I went thinking it was an Al-Anon meeting because I got sober in LA. I'll have actually 10 years of... Uh, sobriety on Friday and um, so when I went to my first meeting I got there late so I missed the whole intro and I was just oh it's an Al-Anon meeting and then it wasn't because that big red book I was like oh my god um, I was like that is bigger than the blue book um, so um, anyways I decided I wasn't ready and then a month later I was like it's like I was just I knew something was up I thought I had only daddy issues haha <laughs> But it was just, it was way more than that. And so when anybody would bring up, you know, I don't know, inner child, love and parent stuff, I was just kind of rolled eyes. And so I, I my, my home group, my first um, meeting that I was like, this is it, I'm going to go to every Saturday uh, is, um, it was called The Struggle, I think, for Intimacy, which I was like, you know, and my mom being emotionally un unavailable, like me, you know, whatever. So I thought that was a good start. And I went and they did um, a feelings check. You go around saying how you feel. I'm like, ooh, how, how fun, you know, what a game. And then, you know, little did I know, like my second, third meeting, I was like crying all the time. You know, when it came to me, the feelings, I'm like, ugh. You know, I really didn't think much into it. I just thought something was up. I wanted to date better. You know, tired of being like the parent or now that I know I was dating, like rescuing, you know, because I was a caretaker. And so that was what brought me in. I'm like, I'm tired of, you know. So, you know, whatever brings you in. And um, it's like, I can't live without this, you know. And I'm doing the self. The, the love and parent for me is like now... Um, even today, you know, I'm such a doer. Like, I couldn't even nap because I had to do laundry. After I did laundry, I took a little nap, you know? I, like, never take naps. Like, I need to parent myself and think that I deserve these things, you know? Sometimes, the, the message that I got when I was young, so my mom's a single parent, you know, uh, four kids, and so she had me and my sister young and then got remarried again and had my brother and sister. Same story, like, different guy, but she, like, left, you know, she's a martyr, she wrote a book, she wrote another book about parents and I, didn't, I don't even, I don't even want to look at it. And she just, 
you know, this, like, I got out, um, you know, out of these bad relationships, I'm a survivor, blah, blah, blah. And so I had to help, you know, and I'll pass around the picture of me. Um, my sister is 25, so I'll be 40 in August. And so, um, yeah, I was like, I was like the little mommy, you know, I was the dad, I was Monique, something's wrong with the VCR, you know, whatever it was, I just figured it out. So I, I did irk when people couldn't figure things out, you know, I still to this day, I'm like, you know, this like harshness comes over of like, just figure it out, you know? And like, I, I would look down on people that were like, I need help, you know? And I'm like, why, you know? Um, so anyways, um, but I just wanna like also remind myself to bring out other stuff that has to do with like race and stuff, being that my dad was Puerto Rican, drug and uh, addiction, you know, I didn't have, he didn't have the opportunity really, cause he was literally always arrested and in jail. Um, and so I never, I, I never knew, my father was not in my life, period. You know, if he was around, it, you know, he got, he started getting into drugs again. It was just the same old, same old. And so just to point out like both sides of my family were drug addiction and alcoholism, etc. cetera. Um, so it was just me and my mom and my siblings and that was it. So I plan to go to Puerto Rico in August and meet this grandfather. Like I didn't grow up with grandparents, cousins, like nothing. I think when I was maybe uh, six or seven, that's when it stopped because I think my dad got locked up and again and my mom was just tired of it. So I just grew up like with just the immediate um, siblings. And so, you know, I don't know what it is to, to have like affection or, uh, oof, I'm gonna get attention. So I just did what I needed to do. And I know from a really young age, I needed to become my own parent. I, I was, I mean, the pictures will show, it was very sassy. I knew like the clothes was the thing, but I like adored and I would just dress my, you know, I'd pick out my own outfits. I would wear the same thing for a week, same hairstyle, make my peanut and jelly every single day, Lenders bagels with tuna fish. I remember I loved it. Um, and those pickles that were in like the packages, like that one big pickle. So, you know, I just would do, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I, like I was very certain and I knew that I couldn't be a burden to my mom really early on and that I was this parent. And so now I like, it's really hard for me to take vacations. It's hard for me to just chill, you know? This year I had to be forced to do it because of the pandemic, but like I learned what a loving parent was. Um, even now, like I just like, because work was slow, I'm like, um, I don't really acknowledge all this work that I've technically done, which a lot of the things were that happened over the last year, you know, five minutes, um, perfect time because I'll get into this, but, um, you know, I am sober. I'm in another, in another program, but I haven't gone to those AA meetings because of something that dealt with racism and sexism in a particular meeting. Um, that's where the love and parent really had to come in hard because a teenager kept wanting to speak up and fight and, you know, an incident happened and it went on from, uh, and I kept going to the business meetings. It's way too long to get into, but it had to do with race and sexism. And, you know, I was gaslit, whatever, whatever like terrible thing you could think of in your home group happened. And so I'm literally like traumatized by that. It changed my life, it changed my recovery. I don't feel comfortable in the AA meetings. Um, it has to do with race and also just the mentality. And I also learned like what emotional recovery is. And so what my love and parent has a really hardcore come in and step in because the teenager was the one that was, you know, from July to November and coming to these business meetings, like being like a lawyer, you know, I was hard. I was just, I, I, that's all I know how to do, you know, survival skills. And the love and parents had to be like, 
you know, and I, oof, I'm emotional. I had EMDR today too. I was like, oh God, I gotta speak. Um, and I'm up to doing the butterfly tapping. And so one of the things, like, I want to let go of this, this deep anger and resentment that I have, you know, and it's like, it's not, it's weighing me down. Um, but I also like want to allow myself to be angry. And so today, you know, my therapist asked, you know, like, how am I feeling and stuff? And so when I did the tapping, I just pictured, so I used to have, you know, my mom didn't have time for us. She was always working. So she had hired this big sister back then in the eighties. Um, and so I was like seven or eight and she's the one person that like really paid attention to me, took me to art galleries, the meatpacking district, like whatever, and paid attention to me. And that was the only time that I feel like someone like really took interest in me. And that's why I think maybe the fashion thing came a thing like, ah, oh, notice me. I was always in the clothes. And so I had to like, what came to mind was that, um, this anger is like a ball and chain and I had to, Mary Pound came into like mind and that she was holding it for me. And I just, you know, I don't want to like hold this anger anymore. So growing up, I just, I had to hold a lot and um, to allow and the space for the parents to come in because my mom didn't, I had to, everything was just on my own. College, I figured it out. Work, never asked her money. It just said here, you just buy your own stuff, you make it happen. So it's always been like, um, you know, hard and heavy. And I want to um, like kind of in my mind when I was doing the tap and it was Mary Brown that was holding the, the because it was light for her. And well, I don't know, this is like a visual that I literally had during the session and um, her holding the ball and chain and me just like kind of like resting and taking a nap. So I really just, you know, I've been working on that. Thank you. Oof. And I think I literally purposely put on waterproof mascara today. But, um, you know, I just want to be able to have the space to allow myself to, like, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be, um, like, tired from it. You know, I had to allow myself this entire year to, like, kind of just feel the feelings and work on that and knowing that this work, ACA, is work in itself. And the other day I was like, am I working a program or am I active in the step work, but I know that like this loving parent and allow myself to rest, not, I'm not just saying rest, like rest with the feelings mm -hmm. is me working the program. It doesn't have to be like pen and paper, literally, which is sometimes I think I need to do because I need proof. Um, but I just had to like realize today and I found this thing and I'll pass it around after I finish. I was like, I, I so my mom like gave me this like whole bag of I don't know. I had like my fake ID, clubbing ID, and all this stuff. And so one of these things, I was like, well, how do you, how do you still have this? So one of these things, which made me emotional, and uh, this is literally what I should probably, I should probably frame this. But I guess it was like, I don't even know what age, maybe four, I have no idea. But it says, um, thank you, God, for making me flawless. I'm like, how did I know about <laughs> I was like, hey, girl. Uh, thank you, God, for making me flawless and trees, tree houses, suns and skies. And thank you for me. And I love you and me. So I'll pass it around. And I just have pictures that I put in. Like that child is, is around seven or eight. Uh, when I refer to that, a picture of my mom and a picture of me as a teenager, my little sister. And that just picture defines like she looked up to me, you know, as a parent because I had to step in. So I just want to remind everyone being here, even just coming to meetings is just enough. And, and even if you're new, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be so productive to-do list. It's like literally just coming here and showing that your loving parent is kind of, thank you, um, <clears throat> stepping in in a way um, for the child. So 
Thank you. Thank you.